time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Well, about 16 months ago, I started a new journey in my life, and I've talked about it in a couple of other episodes. This is about jujitsu. Now, Today's podcast is not specifically about jujitsu as much as the lessons I've learned by these 16 months that I've been taking uh, classes in jujitsu. And just to reflect on that, this is the third episode. My first episode uh, was uh, Lessons Learned in Jujitsu. And in that episode, I was simply a white belt who was getting in thinking about how little I knew when I stepped in to take that. Then the next episode was more lessons I've learned in jiu-jitsu, and that was because I had been uh, there long enough to get my combatives belt. Uh, That took me uh, about 10 months to get there, and I got that combatives belt, which basically was an advanced white belt. It's a program uh, from uh, the Gracies, the Gracie family, that they've created as an extra belt to say, hey, you know, you've mastered these basic moves, and now you can move to some advanced moves. So since November, I've been in uh, the advanced class, and as I was moving along, I knew at some point I would get to the next level, and the next level would be my blue belt. Well, last, last week was blue belt, so I thought it was time to stop again and reflect a little bit more about even more lessons that I've learned along the way in jiu-jitsu. Now, one of the things that I've noticed along the way here, here we are 16 months into this journey is this is a long-term journey. When I was a a kid, a teenager, I was in Taekwondo. And in Taekwondo, you uh, move through belts a little bit more quickly than I have in Jiu-Jitsu. And so one of the things that came out of that is realizing that this really isn't about the belts. When I was in Taekwondo, it was about getting that next color belt. In Jiu-Jitsu, I realized that my task is to learn and learn at a depth that kind of surprises me sometimes. So here I am at the blue belt level, which basically means I'm at the beginning point of working through jujitsu. I've gotten through the white belt level where I need to have a basic foundational piece, and now I am one step beyond that, and, and really a tiny step beyond that. But it has me thinking about the lessons I've learned. And not just the lessons about jujitsu moves or how to uh, deal with an opponent of maybe more strength or more weight or smaller or more limber or agile or younger than me. It's been about learning through the lessons of that and the rolling, which is the sparring of jujitsu, that are really lessons of learning about life and how you continue on. So, just to kind of give you the background, I started jiu-jitsu um, at, when I was 51. So now I'm 53. That puts me kind of at the top end of most of the classes I'm in. I'm rolling with much younger guys who are much more uh, capable <laughs> with uh, moving their body in ways that a 53-year-old is uh, still making sure that I can keep up. That's the background of that. But probably also along the way of being 53, I'm a little more thoughtful in what this means in the bigger context of my life. 
I really actually thought that I was just going in to get some exercise. Um, usually in the winter, I'm not quite so happy about exercising because I like the paddleboard and trail run. It's a little cold outside, and I was trying to find something that might be a little different. And so I've always had a kind of an interest in the martial arts and decided this would be a good time. So I stepped into our local uh, certified training center of Gracie University and was very lucky. Uh, I was fortunate to be at a place that really was about the learning process, not about the crushing process. There are some places where uh, they push you hard to roll early on, even when you don't really have many techniques. But my program worked on a basic core 36 different lessons. So Gracie University was where I learned. So I have been practicing at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Louisville, which has been a wonderful place for me to learn some excellent skills in a very supportive environment. That's given me a chance to reflect on what this means along the way. So today I want to share with you five more lessons that have occurred to me as I've gone through this. The first lesson is really interesting because what I've really realized is that in most of life, it's not about perfection anyway. It's about perfecting. And Sometimes we want to get to this level of perfection that keeps us from even getting started. That keeps us from recognizing that that's never been the goal anyway. Nobody's going to write the perfect book, paint the perfect picture, do anything perfectly. There's always going to be some level, some place that it could be executed a little bit better. So our task in life is to work on perfecting things, even if we're starting out at the very beginning to say, okay, how can I move that along to the next level? After I finish the basic combatives, one of the things I've continued to do is go back to the basic courses, the basic lessons. And what I've realized is almost every time I'm there, there's some slight new understanding, some nuance, some difference that I didn't understand, much less in the advanced courses, the advanced lessons, when there are much more layers and nuances to the process. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I was working with a purple belt, and uh, we were working on a defense move, and he said, okay, you feel that? And I said, yes. And he said, okay, now move your arms down about three inches. And I moved my arms literally three inches down, and it shifted the whole move to another level. Would the prior way have worked? Probably. Was there a more perfect way to do it? Yes. Is there still another level to that that I might learn in the future? Absolutely. In fact, one of the ways that I find myself getting into trouble is when I think I have perfected something. When I think I've perfected a move... That's when I need to go back and study it some more. This is true throughout our lives. Whatever we're doing, there's always another level. The important thing about perfecting versus perfection is it gets our ego out of the way. Thinking you're doing something perfectly is an ego-driven thought. Thinking you can continue to perfect something puts you in a learning-driven mode. If I think that something is perfect and then somebody defeats it, it's an ego crush. But if I'm trying to perfect things, when somebody can somehow defeat what I was trying to do, 
they're highlighting the place that there's still another level for me to learn. One of the things I really like about jujitsu is that it's easy to keep practicing even after you've lost because we simply tap. So if somebody gets me in uh, a submission, all I have to do is tap and we can start over. The nice thing about that is it means that I have a learning feedback loop all the time. Instead of thinking I've got the move perfectly, if somebody defeats the move, I can simply tap and try again and see if I can learn why it didn't work the first time. In other words, I can constantly work on perfecting that particular move. So the first move or the first lesson I've realized in jiu-jitsu is life is not about perfection. It's about moving towards it. It's about kind of a perfecting process. Once you've started learning something, it's then about perfecting it and looking for the places that you can make it even better. My second lesson was can't needs to shift to try. And I can tell you how often in an advanced lesson I've gone, I can't do that. We were practicing a move the other day that was a throw from a pretty high level. And my first thing was, I can't land that when I'm thrown that way. And the second was, I can't throw somebody that way. And I had to remind myself that there are plenty of pieces of this puzzle that I've learned along the way that I can if only I try. And so I decided that can't is once again one of those four-letter words that I've got to strike from my vocabulary. And when I see something I don't think I can do, to say, okay, I'm going to try to do it. I'm not sure I can do it, but I'm going to try to do it. This isn't me trying to put myself at risk as much as recognizing that others can do it and I can give it a try. So many times there'll be a move that looks very challenging to me for some reason. And I realize that the mental block is in my head, that the possibility of that move is blocked by my own limits of my belief. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it successfully. I don't go from can't to can as much as I'm committed to go from can't to try. There are lots of times when I go through a lesson, I end up at the end of it feeling like I still It's not a can. I'm not going to be able to do that move. But I move beyond can't to a new place where I am on the way. Can't is an absolute. If I can't do something, it's completely off the list. Can, on the other hand, is a process. And in between can't and can is the process of try. (laughs) I'll try to do that. I'll see if I can move in that direction. And I'm committed to stepping into a new place. Try is uh, one of those tricky words. I don't love try, but it gets me beyond can't. The reason I don't love try is because sometimes we use that as a way of opting out. Well, I'll give it a try. Not wholeheartedly giving it a try, but, you know, I'll give it a try. It's an out. So a few weeks ago, I was talking to somebody who was interested in writing a book, and I was kind of giving a little coaching on that, and the person said, oh, okay, well, I'll try that. And I said, what do you mean by Try. And what they meant was they would give it a couple of days to see if that would work. That's not what I mean by try. What I mean by try is to move away from the can't and start the process. I can't do that move blocks me from ever stepping towards it. I'm going to try that move out. Gives me an opportunity to test it. 
And what I've discovered is once I've given it a try, even if I don't do it right the first time, I have opportunities to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying until I can. Try is the space between can't and can as long as we keep moving towards that. Keep trying it out. Keep practicing. Keep moving towards that. The third lesson I've learned is capacity expands only through growth. One of the things that probably was helpful was for me to not see a lot of the advanced classes when I was a beginner, because I think I would have realized that that was so far beyond where I was that I would never get to that place. In fact, my first night at jiu-jitsu, I actually got there on a night where they uh, had the advanced class before the beginner's class. And I remember watching it, and because I didn't know anything that was going on, I couldn't discern anything that was happening when they did the class and then when they rolled, when they sparred together. At that point, I knew nothing, and so it wasn't so overwhelming. I could see that everything was new, but I watched them, and I had no idea what was going on. Once I had been working on the basic moves, and I got better at the basic moves, and I got a few extra more advanced moves thrown in there, my capacity of understanding what's going on has expanded in lots of different areas. However, I also can see the levels above where I am. Sometimes I'll watch a couple of people who are well beyond me, and a couple of instructors, for instance, rolling, and I realize that there's a whole nother level that I'm not aware of yet. Whenever we need to step into something bigger, Our capacity grows as we move into it. And this is so true in all of our lives. If you start a business, at the beginning of that business, you may not have the capacity that the business has as it grows. And you as a business person may not have that capacity as it grows. And sometimes we miss that. We miss the growth that's happened over time. And a lot of times the way we judge ourselves is by somebody else's capacity that's been doing it a lot longer than we have. So we're amazed by the capacity that somebody else has, not realizing that we're on the path to that every day as we continue our work. I look at the capacity of people who are higher ranking than me in jiu-jitsu, and I'm amazed at their skill level, and then have to remind myself that they're at that skill level having grown their capacity over time. That's going to come back as we talk about the fifth one. But before I get there, it raises another piece for me, which has been lesson number four, that the simple things often have a lot of complexity underneath all of it. Have you ever learned some board game that seemed really simple or maybe even some card game that seemed very simple? But the further you got into it, the more you were aware of the layers to it. It might be something that that you might call simple to learn, but impossible to master. Maybe it's something like, say, golf for you, where hitting the ball towards the hole is the whole point. But along the way, that simple idea has lots of ways you might carry it out and lots of different tools to get you to the right place and lots of different strokes to help you find your way to that place. In other words, a very simple strategy becomes more and more complex along the way. This has certainly been true for me in jiu-jitsu. It's a very simple process to use leverage and to use uh, different moves to forward a possibility. And the basic levels of 
jiu-jitsu, there are 36 core moves that are considered to be essential for self-defense against somebody who doesn't know jiu-jitsu. The next steps after that are how to deal with people who either get lucky with their move or actually have some knowledge because they know how to move beyond those basic moves. The simple moves end up having a lot more complexity to them. Sometimes it's simply a different way of structuring something. There are a couple of sweeps that need a certain level of positioning of your body in order for them to execute correctly. You could power through it, but that's one of the things I've learned along the way is I'm moving through a move. If I'm having to use my muscle and my strength, I'm not using jujitsu. <laughs> I'm forcing that move. That the real point of jujitsu is using the leverage and the minimal amount of strength involved. So part of moving through this process of jiu-jitsu has been learning how complex something that looks seemingly very simple can be. So the challenge, as I talked about in perfecting versus perfection, that perfecting comes from noticing the deeper levels of complexity to the simple moves. And then the interesting thing is that mastery is when we take all of that complexity and move it back to the simple that suddenly all of that complexity that we've picked up along the way suddenly becomes a very simple process again. So we go from simple into the complexities and back into simple again. When somebody is truly at mastery, they make it look so easy because they've moved from the simple through the complex and back to simple. For me, at this point, I'm aware of the deep levels of complexity that I didn't know existed before I got to this point. My task is to live into those complexities and work on perfecting them to the point when it becomes second nature to, the, to me and back to simple. Which brought me to my fifth lesson, my final lesson, and that is that where you are is where you are. And where you are is an okay place to be. This has been pointed out to me a couple of different ways. In one of our seminars, when we had one of the Gracies come and teach, um, we were taught that no position was a bad place to be. It was just a place where you are. And so when you're fighting to get out, this was the point that Hinon Gracie was making, that when we were, for instance, somebody was on top of us, and he asked a question, what do you want to do from here? And many people said escape, and his response was, no, be there. Be there and see what they do next. Because where you are is where you are. It's where you find yourself. And you can be trying to get somewhere else, but we expend a lot of energy trying to force ourselves to somewhere new, somewhere that we're not. Sometimes that applies to a bigger place because when I was a white belt, I found myself pushing to want to be a combative belt. And when I was a combative belt, I push pushing to get to that blue belt. Somewhere along the way, I realized that I had to stop pushing. And what I had to do was figure out how to be at the place where I was, that being a combative belt was an okay place to be. In fact, being a white belt was an okay place to be. And now being a blue belt is an okay place to be that I'll need to grow into. But that where we are is where we are in life. No matter what's going on around us, we are where we are. One of the things I point out in my book is, what is, is what is. 
That's one of my immutable laws of, of living. What is, is what is. And where you are is where you are. Thomas Leonard, who is considered by many to be the maybe grandfather at this point of life coaching, talked about the present perfect. What he said is that this moment where you are right now is a perfect representation of everything that's happened to you and everything you've done, a perfect representation of where you are based on where you've been up until now. And that makes it an okay place to be. Can you go to somewhere new? Absolutely. But this is where you are. This is where you find yourself. And pushing against where you find yourself usually doesn't do much good. So part of our task is to find our ways to move through where we are, being okay with where we are, and still recognizing there's more for us to be. So where you are is where you are. Where I am is where I am. I find myself at this level, and my task is to grow into that and be where I am the best way I can be. And as I do that, I will expand my capacity. I'll learn more of the complexities. I'll make sure that I continue to try different things, and I'll continue to work to perfect the things instead of being perfect. And in the process, I keep learning the lessons. <laughs> and as I've learned the lessons, it's been more about my life than it's been about jujitsu. This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving life. Listening to the Thriveology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thriveology.com or at ThriveologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.